there was just no no understanding of how certain foods can contribute if overconsumed to disease and it was just these learnings i was just like wow this is really serious because i never had any idea that what you eat could contribute to you know your disease risk or potential disease states i had no idea I am excited to be introducing a new guest today, um, Jeffrey Boydie. Jeffrey is a really fantastic advocate of healthy plant-based whole food nutrition. And he's got a fantastic Instagram site where he shares a lot of wisdom, brilliant recipes, makes it really accessible to people in a very user-friendly way. And he's also got an amazing website, The Health of Wealth. I invited Jeffrey onto my channel because I think so many people now are becoming very well aware of the relationship between the food that we eat and our health and how making choices for what we do today can have a big impact on our future health. Um, I love Jeffrey's way of explaining himself. His, his website and his Instagram are great. I got a lot out of this interview where we're looking at myth busting and misconceptions around plant-based or vegan diets. So I hope you find it useful. Please do let us know in the comments or the reviews below. And as always, stay curious and stay free. Right, I am really happy tonight to introduce a new guest to my channel, Jeffrey Boydie. Now, we are going to be having a fascinating discussion tonight about myths and misconceptions around plant-based and vegan diets and all things health and food related. And I've been following your work, Jeffrey. I was introduced to you by my daughter um, on Instagram for a long while now. Your Instagram page, the link will be below, is absolutely fantastic. So many helpful tips, beautiful recipes, lots of education on there as well. So thank you so much for joining us. And how are you doing this evening? Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to be part of this and looking forward to the conversation. And as far as how I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing really well. Good start to the week. So yeah, can't complain. Fantastic, fantastic. So, I mean, we've, we're going to be talking a lot about health-related issues today. And can you give us a little bit of a background into, you know, your story and where your passion for the relationship between health and food stemmed from? So it was actually really interesting. So I'd kind of grown up, I'd always had like a sporting background. So I played a lot of sport growing up in school, you know, rugby, football, tennis, cricket, swimming. Um, so like multi-sport athlete when I was growing up. And I guess at that time, I was the only thing that was in my mind was that I needed as much meat that I could get for protein and to build muscle, calcium for milk and these things like that. And my kind of wider understanding of nutrition was pretty limited to say the least. And that's actually being kind um, so it was kind of around 2017, I started to become a bit more kind of open to learning about just life in general. Like I was going through a few transitions in my life, career wise, you know, relationships and things like that. And I'd been uh, advised to watch a documentary on Netflix called What the Health. And I watched it and I'm sure, you know, people have kind of heard about it. And I always do say that documentaries can be, you know, pretty biased when it comes to nutrition and when it comes to health. But for me, watching it was it was a bit different. It was almost a catalyst for me to go down the rabbit hole myself and do a lot of the research and do a lot of the kind of learning and reading books and watching videos about how to optimize a plant-based diet and how it could be beneficial for your health. Um, obviously, couple that with like changing my diet completely overnight, like 
completely cutting out all animal products and bearing in mind i've been a heavy meat eater growing up you know lots of eggs lots of fish chicken beef all that kind of stuff so yeah it was it was that kind of process and really it was a case of as i said you know going down the rabbit hole doing the research doing the learning um and to, in, ter in terms of how i could optimize it for health and well-being and you know i still wanted to be able to you know perform well in the gym perform well if i was on the football pitch or the tennis court um, still be able to kind of be fit, strong, healthy, build muscle, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was a kind of process and obviously, you know, figuring out which foods to get into your diet, which foods to remove, what nutrients you need. So that's really kind of how I got like really passionate about it and, and really into it. And as I said, I think in terms of the, how the recipes have kind of evolved, it was really a process of finding all of these different foods that I'd never really like heard of, even foods that are quite simple, like quinoa, for example, like for me, it seems very normal, but I'd never really got into that while I was, you know, eating the way that I was eating before. So yeah, it's been a real interesting process in the journey and just been sharing that with the community on social media. Fantastic. So I just want to prove you a bit more about back in 2017, when you watched that documentary, did it trigger something in it where you thought there's some truth here? Actually, I've got to look into it because you weren't suffering from any health conditions at the moment. Obviously, there's lots of different reasons which will come on to for people that choose mm. to go plant based for all yeah. sorts of different reasons. But watching that documentary, what made you think? I mean, that's drastic going yeah. cold turkey, so to speak, mm. pun, and cutting out all animal products straight away. Where did that determination or desire come from? Do you know what? I mean, just to touch on what you mentioned there, it, it wasn't a case of, you know, I, I didn't have any kind of health issues or anything like that. I don't know. I felt like I'm watching it. And, and as I said, I, you know, there are, there, when I think about it, there was a lot of bias in the documentary. Like they made some claims, which I don't, you know, didn't agree with or like, you know, thought were useful whilst watching it. But it was just a case of like, I don't know. I felt almost I was able to get an understanding of nutrition for myself. Yeah. And maybe like obviously take and take certain things and be like okay maybe I can go and research into that and I almost felt like I'd now had okay I can kind of learn about nutrition and kind of do it my own way maybe let's see and to be honest I could have been like you know what, let me cut down on my meat consumption and I probably would have still been pretty healthy but I don't know sometimes I can be quite drastic when it comes to certain things you know if I feel like I come across information that I feel could be impactful for me I'll just make the change and then kind of figure it out as I go along so yeah, I think it was, um, you know, uh, there was certain political things that happened with like the meat industry and, you know, different lobbying groups in the US, which I'm sure happens in the UK as well. Um, and it was almost like an eye opener as to how, you know, there was just no, no understanding of how certain foods can contribute if over consumed to disease. And it was just these learnings. I was just like, wow, this is really serious because I never had any idea that what you eat could contribute to you know, your disease risk or potential disease states. I had no idea. Um, so yeah, it was kind of just coming across all that information and just being like, wow, I can actually, you know, modify my diet. Yes, somewhat drastically at the time um, and potentially have even better health. You know, I wouldn't say I was in bad health back then at all. I just didn't really have much of an idea about health beyond, you know, eating as much animal protein as I possibly could. So yeah, it was, it was a really interesting process. And as I said, it, it really just kind of hit a nerve for me watching that. Um, even though, as I mentioned, you know, there, there was a lot of hyperbole in some of the claims that were made, but there was more than enough for me to be like, you know what, let me dive deep into this and see if I can, you know, gain some value from it. And I guess I have. It's fantastic. And I think that's such an important message because so many people make quick decisions without really delving into it themselves. 
And DART is very controversial. And I will say the purpose of Jeffrey and I talking today isn't to try and convince anyone to do anything. It's to share how you can really look at some of these issues yourself and decide what's right for you. Um, because we all know, unfortunately, the state of the food industry now um, in lots of different ways that we're going to come on to is pretty atrocious for most of us. So let's dive straight into it then. I love your description of the difference between vegan and plant-based. Let me tell the listeners what your take on that is. Yeah, so I think, I mean, first of all, we have to understand that veganism is an ethic, first and foremost. It is the, you know, refraining from utilizing any kind of animal products, whether it be for food, consumer goods, clothing, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if someone tells me, for the majority of people who kind of adopt that more of an ethical standpoint, you know, and I've got obviously you know, respect for people who do that, provided that they don't, you know, push it in people's faces. I think we do have to remember that they may not be considering optimizing their diet as a part of that they might just think i'm going to just remove animal products from my plate and remove animal products from my shoes and things like that and i'm happy to go ahead and survive on you know oreos or you know vegan nuggets or all these other processed you know replacement foods that we're seeing nowadays there's, there's nothing wrong with that if people want to do that that's fine but as i said being vegan tells me what you don't eat but being plant-based, whole food plant-based, as, as we call it, tells me what you do eat. That tells me that you're prioritizing, you know, removing animal products from a perspective of trying to optimize your health. Um, and that would include a, a variety of fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, whole grains, and legumes. Those are the foods that you're going to be prioritizing every single day. And you can add like mushrooms in there and a few other bits as well. So I think if someone tells me that they're plant-based and they focus on the health side of things, and that's and, and it could be an extension of their ethics you know i know that, you know many people who are ethical vegans but eat a whole food plant-based diet so that's you know that's because that, that's very clear in terms of how they want to do both sides of things and i think that's great you know i do i do worry sometimes for the i guess the people who are just primarily vegan who maybe aren't you know they remove meat from their plate and automatically think that that's you know the job done of course from an ethical standpoint that's you know they're, they're serving themselves well but from a nutritional standpoint, because you also have to look after yourself, in my opinion, I think it's a really good idea to be a healthy advocate and a healthy champion for your cause. You know, you you wonder if you're, you know, Oreos and all these different foods, which are technically animal free, but are devoid of any nutrition. So there can be a big difference between the two. And I guess it's just a case of how people approach it, really. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this is one of the myths I wanted to start with, is that all vegans or plant-based people eat junk food. Yeah. And I must say it's quite a trigger for me. Yeah, <laughs> I know, mean that it's my issue to deal with. But I know a lot of people that eat animal products that live off junk. Yeah. So it goes with all sorts of diets, particularly in modern society where convenience is the name of the day. So talk us through your thoughts on that about junk food in general whether you're a meat eater or not well this is the thing i think that is, is often the case where you know someone decides to shift to a plant-based diet and they might be eating some of these meat alternatives you know people might start to think oh you know it's just all vegans eat is junk food and i think the reason why that that perspective or that that perception exists is because of the aggressive marketing of a lot of these you know vegan replacement meat products like you can go on if you go on the, the underground in london for example you'll see adverts for you know this is bacon some vegan bacon and you'll see adverts for these other impossible burgers and all of this other stuff and what that's doing is it's kind of building the picture 
that anyone who decides to go vegan is going to eat these foods in these foods only. And a lot of people do. And I, I don't think that's a very good strategy because the, the likelihood is, is that you're not really going to get the key nutrients that you do need to actually feel any kind of, you know, you to feel decent on a plant-based diet. And then you might end up just going, you know what, I'm just going to go back to why felt was you know normal for me so that's really it and i think look i think one of the things is that people need to understand is that it's going to become over the over the years as as you know all these more meat products come out or more meat alternative products come out and all these other vegan replacement foods come out it's actually going to be if you're not aware and you have if you don't have the discernment it's actually going to be quite difficult to become or to be a healthy vegan it's particularly if you're starting out because you're just going to be bombarded with Oh, eat this bacon or, you know, do this vegan chicken or whatever it may be. So for me, I think the best way to do a diet that's free from animal products is to focus on the whole foods, be a, be a champion, a healthy champion of the cause. Even if, you know, you are someone doing it from a primarily ethical standpoint, you're going to feel great. And actually what you're going to do is you're going to radiate a certain, you know, you might not want to radiate a certain level of health, but naturally you know, if you're going to be, if you're going to start to speak about something that's passionate, that you're passionate about, you also want to radiate that as well, because it's one thing to speak about something, but if you actually look the part, if you actually, you know, are the example of what you're, of what you're demonstrating, then people are more likely to maybe listen to you. Do you know what I mean? So, and I think that's, that will be done if you focus on the whole foods, the fruits, getting the vegetables in, nuts and seeds, whole grains, legumes, like these are foods that are going to provide you with a ton of nutrients um and different different ways to find you know different ways to get used to cooking as well so and again that's one thing that i, I was never a cook before i went plant-based and now i'm creating all these recipes which is crazy so i'm going to come on to that because your recipes are just amazing um so next myth for me then which i hear all the time you have to eat meat to get your protein you've already touched on this in terms of you thought that when you were younger they're still teaching it in schools i must say that was pumpkin my cat jumping up and oh pumpkin sorry everyone he always jumps up when i'm recording and he's <laughs> knocked my incense stick and everything over but he's okay everyone so protein you can only get it for me bash that one for us please well i completely understand it i remember someone had mentioned to me um that they were going to be going vegan for a bit and my first instinct was to be like oh there's no way I could do that I'm gonna I thought I was literally thought I would wilt away like the image in my mind came thought I would literally wilt away because I felt yeah. like I needed to eat animal muscle to get protein so I completely get it it's it's a it's been a very pervasive belief and it's not to say that animal protein isn't good quality protein of course it is because you know we, we see people who eat animal protein who are in very good shape we're able to build quality muscle but that's not the only way where the only place you can get your protein from and again these aren't all these foods that i'm eating for protein now i didn't even consider them whatsoever because they weren't on my radar that no one had mentioned them to me so like the organic non-gmo tofus and tempehs of this world you've got your beans different types of beans you've got your lentils your chickpeas you know edamame there's like so many different ways to get plant protein. And yes, of course, there is a consideration where if you're just eating one source of plant protein all day, for example, if you're eating black beans all day, the, the likelihood is, is that you're going to maybe be lower in certain of the essential amino acids. So what you need to do is get a wide variety of plant protein in across the entire day. 
So for example, if I was to, you know, outline a, a, a day of eating for me, it would maybe look like some protein oats. I'll put some protein powder in my oats, add some hemp seeds, which is a decent source of protein as well. And then some berries and nuts and, and other seeds. And then lunchtime might go for like a, you know, lentil bolognese with, you know, chickpea pasta or something like that. So you've got protein in the chickpea pasta. And that's another, another really interesting one, sort of legume pastas. So like chickpea pasta, lentil pasta, green pea pasta. They've got like 24 grams of protein per 100 grams, whereas normal wheat protein has got maybe 12. So that's an easy way to bump up your protein. And then for dinner, I could do some kind of bowl where I could have, you know, maybe some black beans, some organic tofu, you know, maybe some quinoa or buckwheat or something like that. Maybe some broccoli sprouts, avocado, hummus. And that's easily, you know, easy another 40, 50 grams of protein in one meal. So, you know, it's easy for me. I, I get around maybe 140 grams of protein a day quite easily. I maybe was eating too much back in the day. And what's interesting is that when I went plant-based, I think I was around 83, 84 kilograms. I'm now 95. So I've clearly had no problems with putting on lean muscle over the years. So yeah, again, it just takes a bit of understanding and a bit of, you know, clarity on, on how to optimize your protein intake for in terms of like amino acids and things like that. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that should be, uh, should have been debunked a long time ago, I would have thought, but I guess it's still pervasive in some ways. So much. And also what I find really fascinating is I don't think there's many meat eaters that would have that level of knowledge. I bet you if I'd have been speaking to you when you were eating a normal conventional um, meat and plant diet, I don't think you'd have been able to answer that question. I don't think you'd have known where a lot of it just be it comes from meat. But so many people who are on a meat based diet, they don't rotate their protein sources. They don't take care of where it comes from. So I'm not bashing any type of diet. I think everyone's got to choose what's right for them health wise, ethically. And also in terms of availability as well, in terms of what you can mm. get hold of, because, you know, the next myth I want to come on to is humans are evolved to eat meat. And, mm. you know, well, we were evolved with my take on that before I ask you is there's lots of things that we used to do in the past that we no longer do now. And times have changed. And also yeah. I'm blessed to have a lot of choice about where I can get my food from. Yeah. Therefore, I have got the opportunity. Well, some people live in parts of the world where they haven't got choice and therefore they'll have to make different choices. Yeah. Yeah. So I think with that one, it's, I think that it's almost like the appeal to nature fallacy, like, oh, you know, our ancestors did this, so we should do it now. And again, it's, it's all based on like, firstly, none of us were even there. So we don't know exactly what they were doing. You know, we can look at certain pieces of data from like evolutionary anthropologists or people in that field who might have done a bit of research into like the bones of these people back in the day and looking at what they ate and stuff. But you can never be you can never be sure that you can never be definitive in any kind of way. And also, I think people back in the day weren't really eating to thrive and live to 70, 80, 90. They were eating to for survival, really. And look, there's so many different schools of thought. You've got, you know, people ate tons of fiber or pe like people ate tons of meat. I also think maybe your actual ancestry plays a part. So for me, my ancestry is Africa and, you know, where it's, where it's hot. So there's obviously going to be a ton of fruits and vegetables and probably not that much meat. But then if maybe you've got like a Northern European where it's maybe a bit colder, you might be looking to go for more meat and more animal fats. So things like that, I think, you know, I've been able to kind of do really well on a plant-based diet. Others might not have been able to do that well. And that's actually right. But I think when you say, oh, we're supposed to eat meat, 
that kind of indicates that anyone who's on a plant-based diet is just going to wilt away, which isn't true. We're, we're seeing so many people thriving, athletes performing at a high level. So again, it's always, it's never a case. I'm never like, oh, the plant-based diet is clearly better than this diet. I'm just saying, look, you can eat in a number of different ways. You yeah. know, plant-based diet clearly works for plenty of people. It's clearly worked for me for over half a decade. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell people not to eat meat. If you feel like you, you want to eat meat because that's what you want to do, fine. But it is what it is. I think one of the funny ones that I always hear as well is when people talk about themselves and compare themselves to like lions. Yes. I'm like, well, I'm like, well, lions also kill their young. Yeah. Also, you know, they also do all these crazy stuff, but what, just because they eat meat, that means, you know, that you align with them. And if you also think about it, lions eat meat on site they're obligate yeah. carnivores yeah. whereas humans will never if a human saw roadkill on the road they would never go up to it and eat it they would Absolutely. never do that so yeah it's, it's it's an interesting one that one if people want to just eat meat because they feel it's got nutrient density which it does then absolutely by all means do that but don't start you know throwing out all of these oh i'm a lion or i'm supposed to eat meat and blah 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 all this you know speculative stuff because it doesn't really serve anyone I agree. You know, it, we're very lucky, a lot of us, to live in a time where we've got choices. Yeah. I'm also very lucky to live in a time where we've got access to a lot of this information, albeit there's a lot of misinformation out there as well, so you need to be cautious. So, right, the next myth. Again, I hear this all the time. You have to have dairy products to get your calcium. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's some, I understand, you know, these are things that we've been taught from such a young age and Again, I it all comes down to the the circumstances. So if someone's living in maybe a low income area, dairy probably is actually the best source of calcium for them because maybe they might not have the ability to go and buy or some of the other foods that I'm going to mention. But there is plenty of calcium in in plant based foods. You've got calcium set tofu, which is really easy to get a good amount of calcium from. Dark leafy greens like spinach and kale and Swiss chard foods like that. You've got tahini. You know, calcium fortified plant-based milks are out there, or you can make your own plant-based milk and put calcified seaweed in there, which is what I do sometimes. So there's so many different options that you can do to get your calcium, chickpeas as well, kidney beans. So again, it all comes down to education. This is what it all comes down to. It's not a case of people saying that, you know, dairy is the best source of calcium because they've evaluated everything. They're saying that because that's what they that's what they've been taught from their point of view. I said the exact same thing in 2014, 15, yes. 16. Do you know what I mean? So I get it, but it's just about widening, widening your perspective and opening yourself up to the fact that okay, dairy is a good source of calcium, admittedly, but are there other sources of calcium that if you have the options and you have the means that you could potentially gain more health benefit from? So yeah, I think again, it's it's hard to because because I was in this position, I wasn't someone who was born vegan because I understand the the education that's been kind of leveled at us from for so many years. I completely get why people say the things that they say about nutrition because I said them once as well. So, and that's where it's actually quite important, just going off topic slightly in terms of how you communicate with people who maybe aren't eating the same kind of way as you. You shouldn't be telling them, oh, you should do this or you should do that because they're only speaking from their perspective and their viewpoint and their level of understanding. So in many ways, you have to kind of meet them where they're at, have a conversation with them, show them certain things, be an example of how to eat in a certain way. And that's going to give you more value. So yeah, it's a common common misconception, common myth about calcium, but yeah, plenty of plant-based source, plant sources of calcium out there. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. Now, you have already touched on the fact that you didn't use to cook a lot. And now anyone who goes to your Instagram page will see you are passionate about cooking. So before we get on to some of the actual health benefits you've noticed, tell us about some of the other benefits you've noticed, like the fact that you're now passionate about cooking fresh foods from scratch. So, yeah, I think the the main, so if we start going back to actually when I went plant-based, the benefits I experienced, so literally after two weeks, I slept much deeper, I had more energy, I felt lighter physically, I had more mental clarity. And of course, as I said, I picked up this passion for just cooking and you know messing around in the kitchen and figuring out how to kind of shape meals and how to construct certain meals to to be optimal and you know to get benefit from them from a perspective of training and all these different types of things. And I think again, just developing the overall passion for health. Because as I said, I, I could have maybe removed you know some aspects of meat from my diet or even gone pescatarian and still probably had a level of knowledge that I would have wanted to you know dive into and get comfortable with. But I guess it just so happened that for me, I just thought at the time, right, let's just go fully plant-based. And it worked really well for me. I mean, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if it hadn't worked so well. And I was like flagging and tired and things like that. Might have switched back, but I felt really good. And it was, and that was just so early. And I knew I was so very early in the process. And there were a couple of things that I did end up, you know, not roadblocks, but certain kind of challenges that I faced where, you know, I didn't realize that plant-based foods are less calorie dense than meat. So you need to add more volume of plants to your plate. Otherwise you're just going to be in an unwanted calorie deficit. So I lost around maybe a kilo or two, but put that on back on quite quickly once I realized that that was the case. So yeah, it was just really just developing. As I said, I, I have such a passion for health now overall. Plant-based nutrition is a big part of that, but other areas of health. So how can I optimize my sleep or, you know, what are the best ways to optimize my training, you know, different supplements that I can use to enhance my training and my sleep and other areas of health, you know, stress, mindfulness and things like that. So I do think health is a spectrum. It's like a, it's almost like a pie chart. You've got so many different bits to add in there to complete the puzzle for yourself. Um, so yeah, I've just become super passionate about all of these different areas of health with, of course, plant-based nutrition and recipes as, as a main focus, because I think that can be so beneficial for so many people. Yeah. Do you, have you found that you've introduced a lot more variety into your diet? Because a lot of people, particularly if they're working a long job, got a family to look after, it can be very difficult to look for inspiration. So did you find, because I'm asking this question because I did, that when I went plant-based, it made me research a lot more about what I was eating. And that very quickly turned into a passion for me that I just love it and am still learning every day now. I mean, how have you added variety into your, your diet? Because that's so important for our microbiome, isn't it? Definitely. I think getting that kind of diversity of plants in, we're seeing so much value in terms of you know, how that can be beneficial for populating our gut bacteria, you know, feeding the existing gut bacteria to then produce metabolites for us to, you know, to promote health. And I think, yeah, getting that diversity in was, if I think back to then and how I was eating, you know, maybe 2016, 2017, and then compared to now, like the the difference is, is remarkable. And of course it's because there's, it's for me, it's just an ongoing learning process. You know, I, I came across like, for example, sprouting in 2020, and I'm absolutely love sprouting. I'm sprouting all the time, Bro- broccoli sprouts, radish sprouts, mung bean, lentil sprouts, and getting those into your diet, you know, a different type of fiber is going to benefit your gut microbiome as well. So yeah, the variety is so important. And I understand that, you know, if people have got 
you know, kids, three or four kids, or they've got, you know, a, a job that's forces them to work longer hours, it might be quite difficult and you might end up finding yourself in a rut and wanting to do the same things because you're pressed for time. So I get that. And, you know, those, those circumstances are, you know, you have to navigate them in a different way. You know, what might work for me, who's not, who's not, you know, got a big family yet might not work for someone who does at this very moment in time. And they've got to work out what's best for them. You know, how can they cook healthier meals that take a shorter amount of time? So I guess that's something that's, you know, one of the reasons why I create so many different recipes. I want to, you know, create so many things that can be applicable for people at different stages of their life. You know, whether you've got kids, you know, I always get, I get lots of messages from people who say that, oh, you know, I made this recipe and my kids loved it and all these types of things. And I just find that really, you know, really gratifying to be able to kind of contribute to people's lives in that way. It's fantastic. And as a mum myself, you know, I think it's so important to show um, that actually going back to sort of the traditional way of actually, you know, when I grew up, my mum had to spend a lot of time in the kitchen because you had to cook everything from scratch. Mm, yeah. Food, but in terms of other benefits like stress management, etc., it's absolutely fantastic. So there's a lot of knock-on benefits from those as well. Yeah, definitely. If someone, I mean, obviously we've got veganuary, and a lot of the the trouble is with that. It's great because it makes people think, but again, a lot of people will reach for the convenience. If someone was really thinking, right, whether for ethical reasons, for health reasons, whatever reason it might be, I really want to get into this. Where would you suggest they start? Um, I would suggest that they start because I don't think many people be able to go cold turkey like I did. I think that's quite a, that's a big ask for a lot of people. I would say focus on one meal and getting that done in a whole food fashion. So even for example, something like breakfast, oatmeal is one of the easiest things that you can do. One of the most nutritious once it, if it's to prepare properly, of course, and you, you know, go for maybe like organic or even sprouted oats if you can. And adding just so many different toppings like the pumpkin seeds, the hemp seeds, blueberries, which we all know are super beneficial for your brain and inflammation. And just maybe just make that a habit. See if you can perfect that, get that down to a T. And then maybe get two or three others kind of easy recipes under your belt. You know, maybe utilizing foods that you've that you've kind of experienced with before. Um, so and, and then trying to just kind of incorporate them into different recipes and using the, you know, the inspiration that's out there on social media. And also say that one of the biggest and most important things is to just accept that it's going to be, it's not going to be a lifestyle that's going to cater to convenience. If you want to do it properly and if you want to do it well and thrive, you have to get used to cooking. You have to get accustomed to the fact that you'll be cooking a lot more than you ever really would. But what that will do in turn is that will bring you closer to your food. I think cooking is one of the most powerful things that you can do. It's right. I'm taking control of everything that's going onto this, you know, into this chopping board, into that frying pan, and then onto my plate, and then into my body, you know, what's in there. And there's something really, really powerful about that. So I think that's really important that people understand that cooking is really the way forward. And as you say, veganuary is great and all that I, I do, you know, I've, I've been making some recipes for veganuary, but there's something about the, you know, the, the process side of things, which makes people, you know, people get a lot of value out of that. You know, I was having a chat with someone who was saying that, who mentioned that they had a friend who was, you know, well, what was happening? They said something along the lines that they wanted to replace their breakfast, their typical egg and bacon, and they went for a vegan versions and it was disgusting. And I was just like, you actually probably better off eating the normal eggs. Exactly. It's like, you got to change it up. You got to do like a, whether it's a scrambled tofu or you know some kind of sourdough with avocado and broccoli sprouts or whatever. 
oatmeal or a smoothie. Like there are so many healthy vegan breakfast options. You don't need to go for these, you know, these vegan bacon and all this kind of stuff. It's just, for me, it's like, I understand why they're doing it. I get it. But for the long term, if you want, if you want to do this even beyond January and actually, you know, be healthy and thrive, I just don't see where the value long-term in these foods is. Yeah, absolutely. What about growing your own food? Because I saw your sprouting video on Instagram and I think I yeah. mentioned spoke before. So I've had my sprouting kit and I've wanted to get into sprouting free, yeah. but it came with a great big booklet and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And I saw your sprouting video on Instagram. I was like, oh, it's really that easy. I'm yeah. very excited because I want to sprout for my guinea pigs and rabbits and dogs. Yeah. And so talk to us about that. I mean, you've learned a lot of new skills in this process and a lot of people are talking about growing their own food, whether it's on a windowsill, if you don't mm. have a garden or actually getting back into gardening again. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, I saw a show like not too long ago where people like growing food on their balcony and stuff and growing like fruits and vegetables and things like that. And I think that's great. And I think the thing about sprouting is that it's so easy and it's just a really easy, quick way to grow some really nutritious food in the comfort of your own kitchen without really having to do that much. You know, and I think with broccoli sprouts, we know there's so much benefit in terms of, you know, detoxing excess estrogen, you know, increasing the amount of sulforaphane in there, which is a really potent cancer fighting compound, you know, more fiber, vitamin C, really, really rich in nutrients. You know, you've got radish sprouts and even things like lentil or mung bean sprouts and adding those to meals are a really easy way to actually hike up your protein across the day. So, yeah, and it's super easy. Literally, you get, you know, two tablespoons of broccoli sprouting seeds, you submerge them in water overnight, pull them out. And then for the next five days, you just rinse and drain the water. And then you've got sprouts right there, five days later, ready to eat. And it's really cheap as well, isn't it? You can do these things really yeah. cheaply. And like once you get into the habit of it, and I tell you, children love doing this. So if you've got children, they're going to love doing this for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I, when I do, I don't have children yet, but when I do, I know what broccoli, growing broccoli sprouts with them is definitely something that I'm going to do because I know they're going to love it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So in terms of... Um, some of the things that you would say what about where you get your food from what tips have you got for people on that in terms of sourcing good quality ingredients and perhaps cost saving tips like buying in bulk yeah really good cost saving tip actually for nuts and seeds this is one thing that i always mention so if you were to go and buy like a four or five hundred milligram or four or five hundred million milligram pack of hemp seeds in the supermarket it's not going to be that cheap it's going to be quite expensive for how much you're getting anyway. So the best thing to do is, you know, wholesalers, like there's loads of different ones. So Whole Food Earth is a really good one. Forest Whole Foods. Yeah, Food, I use them. Yeah, they're really good. Forest Whole Foods is another good one. Buy your nuts and seeds and even your legumes in bulk. I've started buying my lentils and mung beans from there as well. So I get my lentils, mung beans, you know, pumpkin seeds, goji berries, hemp seeds. I get all of those from wholesalers because it's just much cheaper. Um, and then when it comes to, you know, I, I tend to prefer to buy organic food, but I think I don't want that to be a barrier for people thinking that they have to buy organic or they shouldn't buy foods at all. Like buying conventional produce and washing it properly is much better than, you know, than nothing at all. And if you can justify the cost of spending an extra however much it is to get your organic berries or whatever it is, then absolutely great, do that. But I don't think you, you know, it should be something that you should always worry about, particularly if you're starting out. You shouldn't let too many things distract you. 
you know, try and go for, if you can go, for, if you, if you, you know, if you do go for conventional produce, just make sure you wash it thoroughly and then you're good to go. Absolutely. And I love teaching people and helping people look at how they feed their cats and dogs and any of their animals. And again, mm. I think that's such a good point you made there, Jeffrey, in terms of don't look for the obstacles, look at what you can do, what you can't. Yeah. One tip I do, because I buy in bulk, but luckily my neighbours as well. And so what we do is we'll buy quite a bulk thing and then share it between us as well, mm. which is another good tip if you've got that's anyone nice. local to you or even family members mm. or something. Yeah. And that really helps the whole community as well. Yeah, yeah, what definitely. I find is you don't have to do all the research yourself then because they might be researching one thing and say, have you tried this? And they're yeah. trying something else. Um, we're quite lucky to have quite good gardens where I am, and I've got a, I've got ponies, rescue ponies, so I've got a good supply of organic manure. Mm. So what we've done over the last couple of years is everyone's been growing different things, and we've been swapping between us. Oh, nice! With various degrees of success, I might, <laughs> but, but it's good, been quite a laugh anyway. Yeah, so. yeah, it's good, good community vibes. Yeah, exactly. So one of the things I want to make people aware of on your website, tell us about your website and some of the resources that you've got on there. Yeah, so I started my website, when did I, start? I think it was 2018, 2019, then I did a refresh in 2020. And it's really just a place where, you know, if people want to find more kind of long form information about kind of issues around plant based nutrition, you know, where to get your iron from, you know, plant based sources of protein, uh, you know, things like foods to get, you know, foods to optimize or increase immune function. You can find it there. And I've got, I've got my newsletter there as well. So I drop a weekly newsletter just, you know, around sort of thoughts that I have around health, well-being, plant-based food, things like that. Um, I've also got my ebook there. So the Eat More Plants ebook, which I brought out in 2021. So it's been nearly a couple of years since I brought that out, which is actually crazy. It's gone fast. Um, so yeah, that was that was like my first kind of cookbook. It's on my website, and it was really just uh, I wanted to make it quite a simple offering for people. Not you know because there's obviously you know you've got these cookbooks that I've got like 50, 60, 70 yeah. recipes out there. It can get quite overwhelming for people, um, and I wanted to call it "Eat More Plants" as well because I don't want, I didn't want to just restrict it to people who wanted to go plant based. You know, I have a lot of people in my community who I chat with who aren't vegan and I'm not trying to turn them vegan, you know, but they just like to get more plant based foods into their diet, which is always a good starting point or always a good place to be from a health standpoint. So, yeah, that's really kind of where the where the idea for the website came from, just to have that kind of central resource for people to check in with as and when they please. It's got so much information. I'd really I'm going to obviously put the links below. It's the wealth of health, isn't it? Um, yeah. Um, and uh, we've got your ebook, and it's absolutely brilliant. We've done, I think, all but one of the recipes in oh, there. Nice. What I love about yours, as you say, they look beautiful and taste delicious, but you haven't overcomplicated it because mm. I've got so many um, plant-based cookbooks, and some of the ingredients I've never heard of, and I'm like, yeah. where do I get this from? Yeah. However, I've now been doing it long enough where I'm really happy just to improvise, leave something out, add yeah. something, and use up what you've got, etc. Yeah. Definitely. I think one of the keys as well that I always mention to people is about, you know, it's not the recipes that I create are almost like a guide. Yes. If you want to put something else that you want in there, put, put something else in there. It doesn't necessarily have to be exactly down to a T, you know, mix it up, get some, and it encourages people to kind of get a bit of creativity in their own kind of cooking process. You know, you start to think about certain ingredients that might go that you may not have, or, you know, that you can replace certain things with. So yeah, I think that's a good way to look at things. 
Yeah, brilliant. The other tip I love is, um, which I know you've spoken about quite a bit, is cooking extra so that you can take it for lunch the next day and things yeah. like that. So yeah. that's so easy. I mean, once you get into the habit of doing these, sort mm. of bulk it out a bit more. Personally, I love the fact that we can eat more as plant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You can you eat love more. my food. Yeah. yeah, you can eat more and you're not going to overdo it with the calories because you, you can't, you know, you'll get full, plenty of fiber if you're getting good plant-based protein in there as well. Yeah, yeah I, I enjoy loading up my plates. Yeah. One more myth I wanted you to cover, because this is said a lot, is that, oh, all the food's so bland. And I think this comes from the fact that if you eat out, I mean, certainly where I am, still it's very difficult to get mm. uh, uh, anything different from plant-based. So how are you finding the blandness of the food compared to what you used to eat? <laughs> well, it's it's about herbs and spices. And here's the interesting thing. Like I just kind of thought about this. So... A lot of people's, well, the majority of people's first experience with trying a vegan meal or trying a plant-based meal is when they go out to restaurants. Yeah. And you think about over the years, like obviously in the last sort of five to 10 years, I think we've probably been quite blessed in terms of, you know, a lot of these really good plant-based restaurants appearing. Um, but even restaurants that aren't plant-based are starting to put energy and effort into their plant-based options. So they've got some taste and good value. But like, I'd say six or seven years ago, a restaurant that wasn't plant-based would just put something on the menu that's vegan, that probably didn't taste all that great, that didn't have much flavoring or seasoning, just so they've got that there. Someone then goes to try that option, they don't like the taste, it's bland, they then form that picture in their head that all vegan food is bland based off of that one experience. Completely understand that. But it comes down to a simple, it comes down to this, it's all about herbs and spices. It's all about adding flavor, adding, you know, aromatics with onion and garlic and, you know, all these different foods, ginger, putting them in your food. That's what's going to give you the taste. I, I, was, I was saying on Twitter the other day, when it comes down to, for example, meat, it's not the fact that it's the flesh that tastes good because no, no one likes the, the taste of uncooked flesh or, or like unseasoned flesh. No one likes that. But it's the herbs, it's the spices, it's the aromatics, it's these things that elevate that chicken to taste like that. So, of course, if you go to a Chinese restaurant and you have a bland piece of tofu that's like soggy, that's not got much flavor on it, of course, you're going to hate tofu. But then if you get, if you, you know, do an extra firm tofu, organic, of course, and then you add some, you know, liquid smoke, a bit of olive oil, some garlic pepper, some paprika, cayenne pepper, let that marinade and then cook that. You're going to get a completely different taste experience. So it's about how you prepare your food. It's about how you season your food. And that will answer the question about, you know, why people find, you know, plant-based food so bland. You need to just season it. Treat your vegetables like you would treat your meat. It's simple as that. Exactly. And there's so many health benefits of these herbs and spices, aren't there? Exactly. Once you start, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a herbalist, so I love my herbs. Yeah. But when people start looking in and adding them and getting creative, and, you know, this is how we learn, isn't it? Trial and error. Exactly. And it exactly. is good fun, isn't it? I can see that you have real fun with what you're doing. I mean, you yeah, can yeah. videos. Yeah. I do. Yeah. It's, it's a fun process. And as I said, spices and herbs that I'd never really, you know, got involved with. Like for me, one of the best ones is cinnamon. Great for blood, you know, blood sugar control, blood, is it blood sugar or blood yeah. pressure too. Anyway, blood sugar. Yeah, blood sugar. And it just it, it almost like for people who maybe struggle with, I guess, the, you know, the taste of trend, you know, transitioning, cinnamon's a great one to get into like oat because it almost gives you that almost like a sweet flavor as well. Combine that with banana and you're onto a winner. Exactly. And you do, you will find, I mean, I do this a lot with when people are transitioning their animals. 
I just prefer working with anything that's got a tail. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, the thing is, is when you're used to certain diets, the microbiome in your mouth and in your body makes you mm. crave certain things. And as you yeah. start introducing more variety, you'll find your taste changes so much. There's so many people that I know have absolutely hated like a green shot or a celery juice. Mm. And then a month later, they're just craving it because they're yeah. Like, give me more, give me more. So would you advise people to, you know, and not be too put off if they try something for the first time, if they think it's going to be something that suits them, persevere? You have to persevere. You can't, you have to give your taste buds time to turn over. It takes, I think there was a study that I saw where the more you expose yourself to a lot of these bitter foods, it changes the proteins in the saliva, which means that you then actually start to become adjusted to these foods. I think this was a study in rats, I believe. And of course, whilst we're not rats, that's actually quite interesting to see how mammalian, you know, taste buds can actually change and adapt based on the foods that you're exposed to. So you have to keep giving yourself time. You can't just be like one meal, one and done. I'm not interested anymore. You have to allow that process to unfold over time. And you, cause it's very hard. You gotta remember like people's palates have been hijacked by ultra processed food for years. Yeah. You know, this is something that is not going to be erased or eradicated overnight or in the space of even a week. You have to allow yourself that time to your taste buds to turn over, get used to these different types of foods that you're consuming, and you will eventually come to love them. And of course, you have to add like different herbs and spices to make them taste good as well. Fantastic. So what's next for you then? What's this year got planned? Uh, what have I got this year? So again, just continuing to grow out the community. I am working on a project. I probably can't talk too much about that at the moment. Um, but that's uh, something that I'm really excited about potentially. Um, well, so I want to, yeah, just, you know, more talks, more events, just kind of continuing to bring the, you know, the ethos of plant-based food and plant-based living to people. Um, and yeah, that's kind of really it at the moment. Early I'm days, only January. So I'm sure we've got plenty of time to, for things to unfold. Exactly. And, you know, as I said, I know I've mentioned it a few times, but your Instagram, if anyone, you know, the links will be below, go there and look about how beautiful these these foods are. You show a lot of health education as well, so people can get tips about, um, you know, why this might be something they want to incorporate into their diet and, you know, how they can start using ingredients more creatively. And then your website, which again, the link will be below. That ebook is fantastic. And I think I love the fact that you just haven't got too many recipes in there because mm. I had a couple of books that sat on my shelf for two years because every time I opened them, I was like, oh, too Yeah, cool. you know where to start. It's overwhelming for some people. Yeah. So start simple and have fun. Um, mm, any definitely. final words you want to leave people? If they're sort of, you know, thinking, mm, should I do this? My health's not quite optimum. You know, should I give it a go? Any final words? I mean, what I would say from a health standpoint, I, I wouldn't say, I'd say to people, don't expect it to be a magic bullet. You know, there's there's plenty of people who have maybe gone plant-based and it hasn't really quite worked for them. The health's a spectrum. You've got to do so many things. You know, getting your diet right is one of the best things you can do. Then you've got to think about your training. Then you've got to think about how you're sleeping, how are you managing your stress? Are you doing, you know, getting your nutrient intake right? But if you are to go and do it, go slow. Just try, as I said, one or two recipes, get those under your belt, branch out that way. You know, allow your taste buds time to turn over, get comfortable with the process of cooking. And if you do that and you really treat it as a lifestyle as opposed to a restrictive diet, as some people try to paint it, I think, you know, for the majority of people out there, you'll get some good value from it. So it's best to look at it that way. 
I love it. I don't see it as restrictive at all for me. I just see it as just introducing more choice and and also giving me a kick up the backside to not be lazy because yeah. I must admit, you know, I go through stages where I can be quite lazy and think, oh, I can't be bothered to do this. But every time I get in the kitchen and start creating, um, I love it. I really, really mm. enjoy it. Yeah. Presentation, my presentation is not as good as yours, but it, <laughs> it's not my strong point. Thank you so, so much for joining us tonight. I have learned a lot. I think it's really important to have what I love about you, as you said, you're not trying to force your ideas about um, anything down someone else. You're just sharing what works for you and what fun this creative process can be and how it can impact your health and lifestyle ethics if that's important for me it was an ethical decision but I wasn't prepared to make an ethical decision that compromised my health so they yeah. weren't hand with it mm. um so I think it's good for people to challenge their beliefs now and again and challenge you know take a, a look particularly at the new year yeah. a lot of take a look and okay they come up with new year's resolutions but taking a really honest look at your lives instead of saying how am I doing health wise yeah energy wise is there something I do want to change my life and if so this might be a good starter point for them yeah I agree I think that you know there's so many different ways in which we can approach a, a plant-based diet and just being open to it and as you say challenging your beliefs and you might not even necessarily be a case of going fully plant-based you can dip mm. into water you know can go majority plant-based and see where it takes you but I think the most important thing is to just be conscious start to become conscious as you say about where your health is you know how are your energy levels what do you, how do you feel in the gym? How do you feel day to day? Do you need coffee to, you know, wake yourself up? So just being, having that consciousness and that awareness and that discernment of how you are from a health standpoint will only put you in good stead. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. I have absolutely loved it. All Jeffrey's links will be below and hopefully I might be able to encourage you to come back again. Any questions, folks, feel free to ask in the comments because we do always look through those. Thank you, Jeffrey. The pleasure. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation and I hope there's at least one thing that you can take away and apply to your own life or to the lives of your animals. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and if you feel inspired, please do share with your friends and family. My goal is to inspire as many people as I can to live their best lives, to stay curious and to raise their consciousness and that of the collective. So to do this, I need to reach as many people as possible, and this needs your help. If you feel drawn, would you be willing to share your favourite episode with five different people? This helps us spread the word and also helps me encourage some exciting new guests to take part in this podcast. If you feel drawn to do that, I will be very, very grateful. All the links and discount codes where applicable for all the products that I support are on my two websites, katherineedwards.life and katherineedwardsacademy.com. All of the products are personally tried and tested by me, my family and my clients. And finally, please do press the follow or subscribe button, depending which platform you're listening on. And above all, stay curious and stay free.